the Utah Statesman sports editor, Jacob Ellis. Jake Ellis, let's roll, baby. Oh, yeah. Dude, I am so pumped for this show. We got so much planned, good things to talk about, some good Aggie wins, and uh, I, we have a couple fun segments planned. Uh, we're going to draft some soccer rosters of Aggie athletes we think could uh, compete in the World Cup, actually, actually win it. I mean, I mean, you saw how the U.S. men's team played earlier today, right? Well, you know, I think <laughs> we're just going to do a draft to see which USU athlete can replace Walker Zimmerman in the back line of, of the U.S. men's national team defense. Yeah. Well. That's, that's what's that's going to be the goal tonight. Yeah. And then um, this is a surprise one. I, I didn't um, tell you that we were going to do this just yet, but we're also going to have a Thanksgiving segment. So just stick around. It's going to be a packed show, a great show. But, a Thanksgiving segment? Yeah. That That is corny, my, my guy. That what? sounds really, really corny. But, I hey, think it is could, on Thursday. It is. You're right. We could call it uh, Maisie, if you will. You know, <laughs> oh, you're right. Not, yeah. We've got to be that respectful. That was a good one. That was a good one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, yeah, Aggies are bowl eligible 6-5 and five after their win over San Jose State on Saturday night. It was a late, late game again, two back-to-back ones. Uh, what did you see in that one, Jacob? Wow, I mean, I don't remember what I said on the show last week about this game, but I don't think I had a ton of faith in Utah State in this one. I think I was hoping that the passing game would work and the defense could get some stops. I was blown away with the performance from the Aggies. I really was. Just uh, the physicality on the front that they were able to match up with San Jose State's defense. Calvin Tyler goes for 125 yards, a career-high three touchdowns. Really impressive performance from the Aggies' offense. And then with there was also a little bit of drama, a little bit of spice into it. You know, they're, they're up most of the game, and then Chevin Cordero in the San Jose State offense turns it on, and they take that 31-28 lead. And the Aggies' offense cooled off a bit in the fourth quarter, and it, you know, backs against the wall. You got to go 75 yards, six minutes left. And what do they do? They make it happen. Cooper yeah. Lega goes to Brian Cobbs, 31 yards. And then our guy Calvin Tyler Jr. punches it into into the end zone. Subsequent stop on the other end by the defense, and the Aggies are bowl eligible. Yeah, and I, I think something that may be a little underemphasized after this game was that Calvin Tyler was a little banged up in this one. Uh, it's something he had been working through throughout the week, as far as I'm aware, and uh, you know some hangovers from the Hawaii game. And to do to have an injury like that. And then still carry the ball 30 times in 20-degree weather, getting hit all the time. Some big hits, too. These San Jose State guys, that D-line is tough. Um, he he was spectacular. He is really showing that he um, wants to play at the next level. Like he, That's kind of been his goal this whole season, right? And he's, I feel like he's felt it's crunch time, and it's brought out another level of Calvin Tyler Jr. that we hadn't seen quite yet this season. Well, Jake Ellis, here's the thing about Calvin Tyler Jr. He's carried the offense on his back this season. Oh, because yeah. yeah. Just think about it. Logan Bonner wasn't 100%, was throwing picks right and left. Then, unfortunately, a season-ending injury for him, right? Cooper Lega goes down against Colorado State. So you got your originally four-string quarterback. So Colorado State game in the Wyoming game, Calvin Tyler was the entire offense when Bishop Davenport was out there. And so... Tyler Jr., he's 
he has 219 rush attempts this season through 11 games. He's averaging four and a half yards, which with some of the tough teams they played this year and with the offensive line that's played questionable some games, some games they've played really, really well, like Saturday night, but some of them not so much. For him to average 4.5 yards and 978 yards and 219 carries, the durability that that requires for him to be able to produce at such a high level with how much he's getting hit. He got a concussion exactly. in that That's New Mexico game say. and was out, right? You know, 200-plus carries with a concussion that sidelined him for a game. Yeah, so, I mean, the dude's a dog. And to your point, I, he absolutely is thinking about the NFL, and of course he wants to play professional football, and I think he's going to have the opportunity to show people what he's got, and he's shown that on film, on film excuse me. But we'll See uh, if he can sneak into the senior bowl or something, too. Yeah, but at the same time, He's a dude that is so dialed in on this team right now, so dialed into what they're about, what they're trying to build in Logan and sustain in Logan, and you can't give him enough credit for facilitating the the, the turnaround from one and four to six and five in bowl eligibility. So two other performances I want to mention from the San Jose State game. Um, we got a, a kind of surprise cameo, at least to us. I I thought. Uh, cornerback Johnny Carter was out for the season the way that he was injured earlier this year but um we looked down the first quarter there he is in his number 12 jersey on the field and man he makes an impact especially on that last drive um you talk about how the defense locked up and got that turnover on downs on San Jose State's last try he got that pass break up on fourth down there's nothing more humbling than me just being absolutely wrong about something <laughs> and it's just a reminder that I don't. I don't know. I. Th- I think. I. I think. I hear things. I think. I know things. I really know nothing. Is to to a certain degree, right? Because I was very confident in what I knew that Johnny Carr was out for the season, and all of a sudden he's he's down there making plays like he's done all season when he's healthy. And yeah, he gets that pass breakup on fourth and two to pretty much wrap up the game. And uh, he was massive. Just having him back, just the sus- sustaining the edge like he can on the rushing attack, and then guarding the top receivers like the the dude is a little firecracker out there with what he's able to do and it's clear without him without him and MJ Tafisi the defense feels really really skim and having him back kind of stemmed the bleeding a little bit I thought yeah well and you notice if you look on the Utah State roster he's listed as a senior right but he wasn't in those pregame videos that that honoree for uh that game and from what we heard in the coaches' show, uh, sounds like he's coming back next season. So huge news. Going to be a great veteran force next season. Yeah, no, and that's that's something that's awesome for Utah State is there were 11 guys honored. Of those 11 guys, only one of them still had eligibility, and that was Jacob South. And I know that they're going to still try to convince South to stick around, even though he was honored. But one thing I will say. He's beat up. Well, yeah, one thing I'll say is, with this sport, and especially with the offensive line, I do not blame an offensive lineman. If he's been at the university for four years, you get your degree, you've played four years of football, even if you have an extra year of eligibility, if he steps away, he's like, you know what, I'm done. I'm like, power to you, man. Awesome career. You're putting your body and your well-being on the line for the program. If you want to step away, power's yours. But I know the Aggies would love to have Jacob South back next year as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what that conversation's like. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like even this season he's just been toughing it out 
in a way just to you know finish the job so to speak so then another performance i mean you're not even going to be surprised about this it's Cyke Larson gets his third punt of the season, tied for number one in the country with that pl- blocked punt. Um, does get hurt on that play, though. Tried to come back in, was a little shaky, and then they, they pulled him for the rest of the game. He's day-to-day right now. Yeah, it sounds like he's uh, he's a question mark for Saturday at Boise State. and that's Friday, a huge... Black Friday. Oh, oh, my goodness, it's a <laughs> Friday game? Yeah. that You're right. You're right about that. Yeah, it, This week's going to come fast. Yeah. Because it's already Tuesday. No, it's Monday. It's basically Tuesday, though. It's Monday night. It's, it's late m- Monday It's Monday night. night, but, you know. The sun's been down for, like, two hours in Logan. Yeah, <laughs> here's the thing, dog. I took a nap at, like, 3 o'clock. I wake up at 5, and it's pitch black outside. <laughs> Do you know how trippy that is? Yeah. No, I've experienced it's, it's that. It's trippy. It's, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, short week with Thanksgiving and all that. Ike Larson is questionable, but, no, he had another excellent game. He said that the Hawaii flagged him on all the, on all the pump blocks, and they were like, we are not going to let you do that. You'd imagine that San Jose State did the same thing with all the tape they watched, but he still got by yeah. and got one. And another thing about that pump block, this was in the second quarter, right? They're up 14-6. to six. Ike gets a hand on it. A lot of the pump blocks this season have just been recovered mm-hmm. or it's been a safety. Some of them haven't been capitalized upon as much as they could have been. This one was the best possible result for Utah State because the ball still goes 20 yards forward. But who gets it? Jaden Smith, son of Will Smith. Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Jaden Smith shows showed some wills. Like, that's a dude that if something bad happened to the the the, the running back group and they were <laughs> they were down on some, some guys, like, give it to him and he'll run for a yard or two. He's listed as a cornerback, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I, I just saw it. I was like, dude, Jaden Smith, man, mm-hmm. that guy's got wheels. And he takes that thing back to the house. So, once again, special teams coming through for Utah State. And here's the thing about here's the thing about the Saturday performance that I was thinking about. There's In the other wins this season, there's always been like one unit that's played really, really well. Against Air Force, I thought the offense did really well. Against New Mexico, his special teams, Hawaii, the defense did not play well, but they made really, really big plays at the end of the game. This game was all three facets doing a good job. I don't know if you can say they all did a great job because no. the offense had three turnovers. Mm-hmm. Legault had two interceptions. We forget Tyler Jr. coughed up the football. Well, and offense get, or defense gives up 31 points. So Yeah, Chevin Cordero was slicing and dicing. Mm-hmm. And special teams, there were a couple of punts that weren't great. But at the end of the day, all three groups did enough and made big plays, and that's what got it done in the end. Yeah. No, I. now that you're saying it, I really do feel like this is the first balanced performance Utah State has had on the gridiron this season. Um, there's pretty much always been some facet that has been wrong. Early season, it was, it was the offense, right? They are just, you know, Logan Bonner coming back from injury just wasn't re- wasn't what he was, right? And then he gets taken out with that injury, and then Cooper Lega has a learning curve, right? And then now and then the defense starts showing some cracks because they've been on the field for like 40 minutes in each game. I mean, that's not accurate. That's hyperbolic. But, um, you know, we, we start seeing cracks from the defense, but it really does feel, like you said, like this was the first really complete win from Utah State football. No, I, 
I think you're right. Maybe maybe the one game you could point to that you could argue was like this was the Air Force one. But I'm actually kind of with you. Like there was still even in that one, there were still some lapses from the team. This one was. I like, think there were some lapses from the offense in that one. Okay, that's fair. Because that's fair. last last year's Air Force won a shootout, right? This one, gotcha. The defense gotcha. really had to step up, but like you said, obviously did enough to win. I'm not no discredit to, to sure. Anything, but. Yeah, no. So big win. They're six and five, and I mean that's something that I mean if you're on Twitter, you've seen a lot about that. If you read any of the post-game stories that's been made a big deal of, of the bolt eligibility. But, man, this team, they did start 1-4. Mm-hmm. 17 would... teams in the country started 1-4. So this is I spent my afternoon on, on football reference looking this up. <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt. Maybe I missed something. But from my research, 17 teams started 1-4, right? Three teams are now bowl eligible from that group. So... Utah State is one. Do you know the other two? Did you see my tweet, though? No, no I didn't see your tweet. Okay, so guess the other two. Okay, so hmm, I want to say that Fresno State got off to a really bad start. That is correct. So, Oh, yeah, 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 they're one of mine. Fresno mm-hmm. State, yeah. And then the other one, I have no idea. We're, we're going to take like a shot in the dark, like blindfolded, shooting the dartboard. Um, Tulsa. No, no. Dang it. Do you want a hint, though? Sure. It's a team that Utah State... Well, this is probably... UConn? Yeah. I was like, that, that was too much of a hint. It is <laughs> UConn. I was going to say, it's a team that Utah State's played in. That, that was too That, too that narrows it down. Yeah. But um, UConn, Fresno State, Utah State... That's kind teams. of ironic, because those are... Well, Utah State hasn't played Fresno, never mind. No. I was going to say, those are three teams that have played each other. Yeah, UConn beat Fresno. Wait, which is crazy that that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. It, it's kind of... What's crazy is... The Mountain West Championship game is going to be Boise State and Fresno State, which is which was predicted at the beginning of the year. What was not predicted is both those teams have awful losses yeah. to UTEP and UConn. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that the two best teams in the division lost to UTEP and UConn, and they're who's representing the Mountain West. Does that say that it's a down year? Is it a fluky thing of both those schools being able to turn their seasons around? I don't know, but it's it's just kind of wild. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of all of the above is what I'd say. Um, and then of those 17, two teams could still possibly be eligible. You got New Mexico State at 4-6. and six. Their game against San Jose State got postponed after uh, the death of their, their player, McWright. So we'll see if that one even gets played. So that one might be a question mark. Um, and then with uh, Army, Army is the other team, and they got to take on Navy and hmm, maybe I slipped the other one, but it, it'll also be a challenge there. So we'll see. Actually, New Mexico State. What I was going to say is there are other games against Liberty, so that's a really tough one to to try and get bowl eligible. So we'll Dude, see. What did you see there. that Navy beat UCF last week? I did. That oh, surprised that blew my mind. Me. That was an early morning kick too. That was right. like at nine a.m. Mountain Time or something like that. Like really early kick. Um and yeah. Credit to the midshipmen. <laughs> hey, well, that was that was the space game, right? <laughs> yeah. Because UCF, I don't actually have any idea why. Maybe they have some big like astronaut research thing, but they claim to be like the spacemen of. I think it's just football. their proximity to the the NASA site there. That that's a, that if that's really what it is, uh-huh. that's really lame. <laughs> okay. Like we can be like Utah State can just be like, oh, we're the salt men then because we're next to the Great Salt Lake, and that's yeah. Well, Utah State actually sends things into space, so I, maybe that's, we should get. Maybe some space we should be the yeah for reals. I think mm-hmm. that you're onto something with that. I am, um, <laughs> but 
Navy is actually the university that has sent the most astronauts to space. Okay. Per capita, I was reading, mm-hmm. which makes sense because, well, that doesn't make sense because they're on boats in the water. How do they end up in space? I don't know. That's kind of, I don't know. I Maybe got like a like peanut sized brain bit, though. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know how that works exactly, but Navy showed who the true astronauts were on Saturday. So shout out to them, to Ken, I can't pronounce his last name, Nilamatu, their so. head coach. Shout out to Navy. Did you see they they have some some really nice NASA themed unis they're gonna wear for that that army game? Oh, for reals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, not only did they take down sp- spacemen mm-hmm. UCF, they're, they're gonna rub on. it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> cool. Well, let's switch gears. We got to preview Boise State. This one on Friday night, 10 a.m. It's on it's on one of the big boy networks. I mean, it's right here. On Aggie Radio, so obviously this is the first option. But it's also on CBS, um, which is cool. Something that Hunter Reynolds said, it's nice to have extra eyeballs on the team, um, especially Hunter Reynolds and Callum Tyler Jr. guys that are trying to get a a look at the next level. So you get that extra time. And instead of just some scouts that got assigned to the Mountain West late game, it's, um, you know, some front office guys might be up and watching that game after Thanksgiving. So. Cool. It's a pretty cool opportunity. I have a trivia question for you. Hmm. How many times was Utah State on national television? No, excuse me. On a network station last year for football, and what were the different stations that they were on? And what were the games? Okay, so CBS was um, Boise State, of course. Correct. Same one. Um, They played... Um, so I don't know if I can tell you the numbers on, on each one, but obviously the, the agreement is FS1 and CBS Sports Network, right? So I'm not talking about those. No, I'm not, talking okay, about... you're talking about the over-the-air? Over-the-air network television. So this is all-time or just last season? Just last season. Okay, so then we got ABC for the LA Bowl. Correct. Um, and then the Mountain West Championship game on Fox. Boom, there you go. Okay, I was like, wait, I was trying to think. Okay, there yeah, yeah. Go. So th- I, that was really impressive. I thought that Utah State was able to finagle their way onto mm-hmm. network television three times. Um, they're going to get on, to your point. Well, and NBC doesn't week. even – got to play Notre Dame to get on NBC. Yeah, so exactly. It's not even, like, that's not even an option. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. so they'll be on CBS. They're going to have uh, some competition in that window from, from a different type of football. Because uh. the USA and England are going to be on Fox. They're going to be du- duking it out. That's going to be a get- big game for the USA because they uh, they fumbled the bag yeah, they big did. time today, I thought, personally. so. But anyways, <laughs> that'll be going down 10 a.m. kick. It That's crazy to me. Mountain time, 10 a.m. kickoff. But, hey, whatever to, to get on the, what do they call it, the motherboard, CBS? The mothership. The mothership. Yeah, that sounds right. The flagship. The flagship <laughs> station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sweet. Let's let's um, let's actually take our first break. We'll come back. We'll preview Boise, and then we will do uh, our fun little our first fun little segment. So stick around right here on Aggie Radio, KVLU ninety two point three LP Logan. That was a little mixed up, but you get the idea. Radio 92.3 KBLU and Everlight Solar. Everlight Solar serves communities throughout Utah and help local homeowners go solar. More information is available at everlightsolar.com. Calling all Aggies in Utah. 
Show your affiliation with Utah State University while contributing to student scholarships with the Aggie license plate. 100% of your $25 annual contribution goes directly towards student scholarships. Give the gift of education and ride with Aggie pride. Visit usu.edu slash aplate. That's usu.edu slash aplate for more information. Aggie Sports Radio on KBLU is sponsored in part by Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Cache Valley Visitors Bureau has all the information about the fall activities in the Valley. More information available at explorelogan.com. Bryant Heating and Cooling supports this program on 92.3 KBLU. Bryant Heating and Cooling does whatever it takes. It takes the right tools, attention to details, and friendly, knowledgeable service. More information is available at utahbryant.com. Welcome back to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. This is the Aggie Radio Sports Show. I'm Jacob Nielsen, senior here at Utah State, and alongside me is fellow senior at Utah State and sports manager for the Utah Statesman, Jake Ellis. We just wrapped up a first little segment talking a little bit of Utah State football, and now we're going we're gonna to dive into to something else. So wh- what do you got for us, Jake Ellis? Well, we got to preview Boise State really really quickly, oh. Red. It's going to be – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you're excited, but we got we to gotta give some listeners – All right, Red, so Red. S- some more football talk. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. So just briefly, obviously we know Boise State – Right now, especially on defense, they don't have any like huge stars, right? It's a it's a total team effort, right? So they they just execute well, they plan well, and it's just a nightmare game on the schedule. You know, of the Utah State's only won once in the last twenty years, right? And that was in Logan, so they haven't won on the Smurf turf since '96, if you can believe it. Here's something that I want to focus on, and this isn't something that you'll hear from the coaching staff because I think this is added added pressure on them, and these aren't the talking points that they're going to say particularly, but Blake Anderson is 0-5 in rivalry games for Utah State. And here's here's what I mean by that. In my, in my head, in my universe, I would say Utah State has three traditional rivals. Team down south in Brigham Young. You got Wyoming, Battle for the Bridger Rifle. And then you got Old Whack Foe and fairly close in proximity, the Border War, Boise State, right? I, gotta, I think those are the three rivals. Last year, they lose to all three of them. This year, Wyoming and BYU, they lose. So they got one more chance. And I know it's been, this isn't a slander on Blake Anderson, right? It, last year was incredibly successful, the program. This year's been up and down, but, you know, they're on a little bit of a streak now. But, I mean, you got to get at least one of those in the first two years, right? Yeah. Because here, here's the thing. Fan bases with college football, you get excited about championships. Beating San Diego State is an awesome thing. Beating Power 5 programs is an awesome thing. But what's going to get a fan base? What's going to move the needle for a fan base more than anything? For for the team, getting bowl eligibility, getting the extra practice, beating San Jose State, that's a really, really big accomplishment. But let's be candid for a moment here, shall we? Who in Logan gives a crap about San Jose State? It doesn't matter that they're good at football. It doesn't. I mean, I like their uniforms. Uh, you I like their uniforms. I... The... <laughs> The throw up yellow, you like it. Whatever. Joey Joey Chestnut, hot dog eating champion. Mm-hmm. He's from San Jose. He was an alumni of San oh, Jose okay. State. So respect on their so name. There's, there's one. Yeah, right. yeah. But <laughs> if you're a fan, if you're doubting on the team and want to make a bowl game, that means it's a big deal. In terms of the opponent, it didn't really matter. No. This week, 
Nobody likes Boise State. No. Are you serious? Absolutely Nobody not. likes Boise State. Everyone in the press box, you know, we're up in the press box. We're supposed to be professional, not cheering. Something that always happens is whenever Boise State is playing, everyone's keeping an eye on that game, and everybody is semi-openly cheering against them. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. We don't cheer for Utah State in the press, no. press box. But we always cheer against Boise State in the press box. Right? And so now Utah State against Boise State, yes, we're unbiased. Yes, this and that, but not really. We want Boise State to lose, right? We don't want that team from Idaho to have success. <laughs> and they beat up on the Aggies multiple times, again and again and again. Utah State's never won on the Smurf turf. Mm. And this year, there might be a window of opportunity because, one, Boise State's got nothing to play for. They're already locked in. They're going to host the Mountain West Championship game. Two, even though they're interfering in conference, Boise State isn't this infallible juggernaut. No. They lost to UTEP. They lost to a BYU team that has fallen apart this season. And, you know, well, they, they win, lost a quarterback. Their win over New Mexico was ugly. Their win over Wyoming was ugly. I mean, Wyoming's good. Right? Wyoming but, was without Andrew Peasley. Yeah, but also, yes. So, uh, it like you said, they're not infallible. They're not the, the juggernaut Boise State. Do they still have an opportunity to squeak into um, – that G5 auto qualify for a, a New Year's Six Bowl? Yeah, so there's a little bit there. Is it likely? Mm, maybe not. However, it is possible. So I, I understand what you're saying there, but there is a little bit to play for, and they love beating up on the Aggies. I mean, there's... That's fair. There's, there's a, you know, I hate, you know, people say, oh, little brother, we don't care. Nah, if you if you say little brother, that means you already care enough to have a label on them, so... You do, you do want that that win. Yeah, that's fair. And definitely, this is a game that uh, that doesn't move the needle. There's some. There's a lot of Utah State students that are from Idaho, and a lot of them cheer for Boise State. That's yeah. that's something that you know <laughs> we talk a lot about when we're talking rivalries. Obviously, BYU and Utah. That's so personal, especially for you and I. You grew up in Orem. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Salt Lake. My parents went to BYU. My, I have a twin brother at BYU, right? So in that sense, that's as personal as it gets. Yeah. But for Boise State, this is a game that if you're from Idaho Falls, if you're from Nampa, if you're from Preston, even just being across the border, Boise State means something to you. And so I've had plenty of friends and acquaintances that are from Idaho and from the Boise area and cheer for the Broncos, and they're insufferable. Yeah, respectfully. <laughs> respectfully, yes. That and objectively, actually, they're insufferable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It is a big one, um, and I don't think there's going to be any problem getting the Aggies up to play for this one. This, this is one that there, there's plenty of motivation to play for. Let's hear what Blake Anderson said. They have to play for in this one. In terms of the ball going in one direction to one guy or two guys, I thought. It- I apologize. Had that one line lined up incorrectly. Give me one second. Here, any any more thoughts on Boise State before I say that one? I, you know, I know I've just been slandering Boise a lot, but it's impressive the turnaround that they've had in year two under Andy Avelos because they had a poor year last year, and even though they they beat Utah State right, but then this year they started out rough and they lose their quarterback, they fire their offensive coordinator, and how they've been able to kind of flip the script. And rallying conference play, I know some of their wins haven't been impressive, but to win on the frozen tundra of the high plains of beautiful Laredice, <laughs> Wyoming, yeah. when it was like 16 degrees out there, even though Andrew Peasley wasn't starting, that's still impressive. The games that they've gotten done, kudos to them. They deserve to be where they're at right now. And so 
It's an awesome program. It's a half-decent fan base. Probably a little less than half-decent fan base. <laughs> but it's it's always a fun time to play Boise State, no matter what's going on. Even though Utah State's out of the contention, it's still a fun time. All right. Okay, I think I have it right this time. So here we go. They're going to play in the title game regardless. Uh, if there is a, a pride factor to be able to say you beat the the champion, you know, one of the championship teams or potentially the champion, uh, that that's great. I, I think just for us, where we are as a program at this point in the season, not where we were at the first week or two, uh, what we've done, how we've grown, how we're willing to finish, even though we know we can't be in the championship game, the ability to secure a winning season. I mean, we've secured a bowl bid, but we haven't secured a winning season yet. And, and we need another win to do that. So I, I think there's a lot of things that if you're a prideful player and you believe in, in, in your program and your guys around you, there's a, there's a lot of reasons to go up there and play our best. Lots of reasons to go play their best. So, all right, anything else you want to say about the Broncos before we switch gears? You know, I don't I don't want to get canceled. Don't want to <laughs> I don't want anything to leak on the Twitter and sure. make me sound like a clown. So, I think I've said enough about Boise State. <laughs> all right. Okay. Sounds good. Um all right, folks. Here here's my idea. Uh here's my plan. This stems from another conversation in the press box. Yeah, you're getting a behind the scenes look into it. So, Hope you're enjoying that. Um, we were talking about the U.S. men's national team. We got a couple f- footy fans in in the box there, me and, me and Jacob included. And we were talking about, you know, some players that could really be um, excellent soccer players had they, uh, you know, chosen to pursue that in their life, right? So what we're going to do here is we're going to draft our 11 of uh, male athlete Aggies that we think, um, you know, could compose a great soccer squad one that um, could potentially win the World Cup. I'm just saying, no, nah, no, nah, obviously, different league, but um, you, you never know. Aggie power, right? So we're going to do a coin flip right here live on the air, right? You ready for this, Jacob? I'll let you call it. Okay. This is for first pick in the draft? Yeah. Okay, so, so we're drafting 11. And we'll alternate. Yeah. Different men, male athletes from Utah State Athletics Yes. to be on the USA national team. Sure. Does it our, matter? Well, it's like kind of our own personal oh, okay. team because we'll – We'll kind of compare them with each other. Oh, right? gotcha, gotcha. Because it's not the best overall since we're alternate. You know, gotcha. Right? I'm with it. Got it? Okay. Yeah. Are we writing this down anywhere? Or are we just um, keeping it in, in our noggin? We can write it down. You yeah. can write it down. How about that? Okay. That seems unfair, but okay. Well, you asked. So. Okay. Sounds anyway, good. here's heads. Heads right here, right? Tails is, um, what, what is this? This is a shiny quarter, actually. Don't know if you care that. It's a 2019 San Antonio Mission quarter. So that's Tails. Remember right? the Alamo? <laughs> okay. All right, call it in the air. Tails never fails. Tails. Boom, what did I say? What did I say? Well, good call. Tails never fails. So I get the first pick. Yeah, and I think I know who you're calling, but go ahead. Uh, you know, I I don't think I'm going to go with who you think I'm going to really? go with. Not because I don't want to go with him, uh-huh. but because I think that you're not going to go with him. I think so, I will, but okay. Oh, for reals? <laughs> Maybe. All right, anyway, fine. take a pick. Take a pick. Okay. Okay, actually, you know what? The most important thing that we have to do... It's got to be actual skill set, you know. The most important thing we have to do is replace Walker Zimmerman (laughs) on that that back line. I'm thinking USA national team. I just am. Walker Zimmerman, terrible penalty allowed. He... It's terrible slide tackle bait on Gareth Bales. Horribly tied. USA is going to get out of that game with a 1-0 win mm-hmm. and three points if they don't if he doesn't do that. So yep. first thing a biz, order of business is we got to get him out of there. Who are we getting? We're getting our boy cornerback Michael and Yanwu <laughs> on it. Utah State I football. Knew it. I knew it. Here, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. 
Michael's father is from Nigeria, played professional soccer in Europe. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is we we know that he's he's a speed demon out there on the gridiron. We also know that soccer ability is in his blood. Yeah. Right? And so that's just right there. That's gotta be my guy. I'm taking Mike. Well, and you have the prime position too, because his dad was a defensive back. It is a defensive back. I think he still might be playing in some leagues. I'm not sure entirely on that. But um that'll leave the next pick to me, right? Um and it's gotta be it's gotta be just pure athleticism at this point, right? So I'm taking the number one overall athlete, I think, in my opinion. And it's gonna be a Johnny Carter. A Johnny Carter. Mm-hmm. Where, what position he's going to be? You know, I'm not really sure exactly where I want him to fit, but right now you can put him on the defense too. Okay. I think he's in, okay. it's important to have the athleticism there. He has he has the recovery speed. He has the height to win some headers. Um, good, good, good athlete. This is my first pick. All right, um, that's uh, that's respectable. My second one is going to be off of off of the hardwood. Give me Max Shulga okay. as a striker. Really? Yes, Max Shulga. Not because he's European, none of that. Because he is a smooth operator. He is, he's got the finesse. He's smooth, shooting the hoops, dribbling the basketball, and he's also a tremendous athlete. So I, I just imagine you put Shulga on the pitch. He's going to have great ball skills. He's going to be able to have a knack to get that ball in the back of the net. He's somebody that I want on my side. My second overall pick, Max Shulga. Okay, I, I really like that pick too. Um, he was on my list for sure. Um, I'm feeling kind of pressured to take who I wanted at forward too, but I think I can sneak it later. So I'm going to, I'm going to take my goalkeeper right now. Don't take my goalkeeper. Well, we'll see. I'm taking Hunter Reynolds. Oh, phew. Okay. Man, Dodge have you seen him dive for picks? You seen him, uh, take things out of the air that I didn't think were in his range. He's incredible. He's gonna, he's not going to allow a single goal. Ah, but he's kind of short. Yeah, he's got the hops though. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's fine. I mean, is he a World Cup winning goalie? No, but is he going to win this game in our intra squad scrimmage? Yes, yes, he will. Gotcha. You know, this is the point where I feel like I should have written down a list before we got into it. But hey, you know, that's what it's about. I think that uh, I need a midfielder. Yeah, I think I need to go with a midfielder. I need a dude that's just going to give me unrelenting effort. And is a winner, and is going to get her done. I'm going to take Calvin Tyler Jr. Yeah, on my midfield. Pick. I I think that he's a dude. That's he's he's just a, he's a sports guy. He's going to just be able to make it happen. I mean, he's speedy, he's strong, he's going to be that glue. I bet he's a guy that's going to rush back on defense and then get there out in the attack. Give me Calvin Tyler Jr. on my midfield. All right, I'm taking my my striker. I'm going for a different form of striker. You kind of have a you know, a speedier, smaller guy, um, someone that can launch some counters, right? I want more of a poacher type, a, a bigger type, someone kind of like that that top striker for Wales. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going with Taylor Funk. Dang it. At striker. Dang it. That's a good pick. Yeah, I was yeah gonna, it is. I was going to have Utah State forward, Utah S- Taylor Funk. I was going to have him as my goalie. Forward. Oh, yeah. that's a good pick too. I mean, but I honestly, can't do that some anymore of these are interchangeable, right? But anyway. You yeah. done snatched it from me. Um, okay, so my fourth pick then, you know, I'm going to switch it up a little bit from from the football 
basketball realm. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with a different guy. Give me my boy Caleb Garnica. Oh, man. Cross he was country. my next pick. He really? Mm-hmm. So my guy, shout out to Caleb. Great dude. Um, he, I know personally that he played soccer growing up. I also know that he he's just a dude. He's like the... He's like the Yedlin of the team, right? Because he's someone that's got experience, been ar- around for a really long time, and someone that's battled injuries and stuff. But he's he's still just a great athlete, and no one's going to work harder than Caleb Garnica. Yeah. And he's an All-American. Of course you want an All-American on your team. So mm-hmm. give me all my defense, Caleb Garnica. You put him in uh, on the defense, really? I, I thought he'd be a good anchor man, a CDM. But, you oh. know, you put, him, you put him where you want. Go hey, ahead. I – I mean, he's one of those defenders that you never have to worry about. He's always going to be that last man in defense. He's always, he's never going to be out of position because he's got a heart of gold and he's not going to get tired. Okay. All right. Um, I'll take uh, my first midfielder now. I'm taking speed on this. Terrell Vaughn He's going to be one of my wingers. Um, you've seen it on the football field. Once he gets once he gets free, he's gone. He's going to launch our counterattacks and. He has the speed to cut inside because, I mean, not that Taylor Funk's slow, right? But, like, if you're launching a counter, you need that speed on the edge. So, got it from Terrell Vaughn. All right, so for my next pick, I have a a feeling that I might be snatching one of Jake Ellis's. Mm. Which, Jake Ellis, let this, if I'm right, let this be a lesson. Yeah. You got somebody good, get them on the board. Because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. I'm taking my next forward, going back to the hardwood. Give me a dude that I bet played soccer before, got great touch, can get downhill is to match Max Schulga's Don't finesse. Do it. Don't do it to me. It's a guy that's got great physicality and somebody that's gonna be able to hang in there. Give me RJ Edelrock. <sighs> I'm taking my boy RJ at forward to go alongside Max Schulga. I was hoping, just because he's uh, been coming off the bench this season so far, that you might have forgotten and I was gonna try and <laughs> steal him later. But uh on my defensive line, I'm taking the other British Bulldog, Dan Akin. Very Gonna nice. Going to be a center back. Has the height, has the physicality. You're not getting past my pair there. I had to double check on who it is back there. Uh, yeah, Johnny Carter and, and Dan, and Dan Akin. Akin. You're not scoring on them. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Hey, that's that's a that's a big back line. You got mm-hmm. two guys that are pretty good sized. Um, yeah, I I like the pick. I respect it. I think for my for my next pick, um, you know, this is when uh, this is where you've got to dig deep a little bit because there's a lot of great options, a lot of dudes. I think I need another midfielder. I need a guy with speed. I need a guy that can really just you can. He's just a great team player. Somebody that you can just drop into any situation, and he can be a well-liked guy that's going to work hard, going to learn the game book and execute it well, and just kind of be able to facilitate the team. Give me Brian Cops, yeah, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I have one of my one of my midfielders, maybe my left wing midfielder. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm I'm going with Cops. That's a great pick. That's a veteran midfielder type leadership. You probably give him the C. Be my guess, maybe not. But yeah, that's he's he'd, in com- competition. He'd, he'd, he'd be in competition. Probably him and him and Calvin Tyler would be in competition for it. Yeah. All right, uh, I think it's time for me to take another midfielder, and it is going to be. It's going to be point guard, Rylan Jones. I mean, no one has better oh. vision than Rylan Jones. Oh, that is that is a great pick. No one has better vision. He is going to be, you know, a CM, CAM, maybe sneaking up there to help Taylor Funk sometimes. But he's just going to he's gonna get it up there to the vulnerable areas. He's going to read the passing lanes. 
beautiful distributor. Rylan Jones' skills translate perfectly to the pitch. Okay, so again, if you're just listening, right now we are building our men's national team for the World Cup based off of Utah State athletes, male Utah State athletes. And so yeah. so far we're... Because obviously, you know, we have a soccer team, and obviously they would they would win hands down. You know, they, yeah. that's all they focus on. We're, this is, you know, male athletes because yeah. it's the men's World Cup right now. That's right, that's right. So we, we both got six down, five to go. I need to get back on defense. You yeah, know? you do. I need another great defender. I'm trying to think who is a great defender, who is somebody that I can rely upon. If he's a rim protector on the court, he can be a goal protector on the pitch. He's going to be my goalie, Trevin Dorius. Give me yeah. Trevin Dorius as my goalkeeper. That is a solid, solid pick. Um, he's not going to have any problem reaching the upper 90s. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Okay. I am taking my other wing at this time. Okay. And I'm surprised he didn't take this as soon as I took Jones, but it's going to be other point guard, Stephen Ashworth. What a disaster. He's on, on the part. right wing, right? You got Terrell Vaughn on the left. You got Stephen Ashworth on the right. Speed on both sides. You're going to get killed in transition. Killed in transition, yeah. eh? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's, uh, that, that's a good pick. You know, that's a dynamic duo right there, Jones and, and Ashworth. He's going to be a great crosser. He, he gets, you know, quietly gets four assists a game usually. So it. He's going to get the ball in dangerous areas. Yeah, no, I uh, absolutely respect that pick. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of a, hmm, what, what am I going to do now? I think uh, I'm going to get another midfielder. And here's a dude. We just know that he can play all type of sports. He can play football. He can play basketball. He can wrestle. He's just a gamer. Oh. He's just a winner. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, got, you might have, like, speed and talent. I just got dudes – they're going to get W's on my team. Okay. And I'm going with Cooper Legault. Quarterback yeah. Cooper Legault on my midfield. Give me Coop all day long. That's a that's an excellent choice. Um, I'm a little hurt because we went to high school together. You know, I, I was hoping to steal him later. But um, keep he, him, he's a keep mobile him. quarterback. You know, it's, it's right. a great pick. It's true. Keep in mind, there needs to be one non-football basketball player mm-hmm. included in your roster. Yeah. I got mine, Caleb Garnica. Yep. Cross country, that, so that's something that. Would you, you like me keep to take mind. it right now? Would that make you feel better? Yeah, go for it. Okay, let me it. let me just look at my positioning real quick, just to make sure I have him on the right spot. Um, all right, yeah, uh, going on that that defense, maybe a, a CDM somewhere around there. Bowden Zarkovich from the tennis team. Yo, how do he you spell that? He just has crazy height. Um, Zarkovich. Yeah, I don't know how to spell <laughs> Z A R K O V I C. No, but. Bowden, um, great guy. Met him. He's from Serbia, I believe. Um, wrote an article last last year, and I, he just has great agility um, on the tennis court. Uh, he would not be fooled by any special moves from your attackers. So, and and it's that same thing. Great height. So I think your your set pieces really aren't going to matter all that much, especially corners, because we're going to head it out of the box really easily. That's fair. That's fair. All right. You know. I need I need another solid defender. I got Caleb Garnica and Michael Nyanu. I need some height back there. I need a guy that's really good at tackling. You know, just a good tackler out there. Just good eye for the ball. Give me AJ Vompachon, mm-hmm. one of my defenders. We're going with AJ Vompachon, linebacker for Utah State football. Another solid option there. Um, one I was considering as well. So. A nice snag there from Jacob. How many more do I have? Let me. 
All right. You have three more picks. Three more picks. Okay. And I need I need a another defender, right? And another midfielder and a striker, right? If, am I correct you need, on that? So it depends on what formation you want. Yeah. Sure. You got three midfielders right now, and you got two defenders, and you got one striker. No, I got three defenders. I got three defenders. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, I'm just terrible at typing in. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, here's my pick. Um, I am going to take Ike Larson. I need that just raw athleticism. He's a he's a playmaker. He's going to be amazing in the midfield for me. Um, and... Maybe even on the wing sometimes. We'll switch it around. We'll see what happens. I think he could even drop back to one of the left backs, you know, a guy that kind of comes up during offense but can get back in time for some defense. So, Ike Larson. And yeah. I and I got the locals on my side now. I got to hand it to you. You got a great midfield, okay? Quality, quality midfield. My team's still better, but I'll give that no, to you. No, you know, no. Okay, so I need, I need to round out my midfield. And, you know, I'm thinking – I'm thinking, 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 thinking that we got to go back on the hardwood and you got to give me my boy, Sean Bearstow. Because mm-hmm. I need a little bit, little bit of height out there. A dude that, you know, can put the ball in the hoop, can get the ball in the back of the net, but also is a guy that, you know, is just going to be the glue to the team and going to have length out there, going to be able to stretch stretch the pitch, you know. Give me Sean Bearstow at midfield. All right. Solid. Solid. All right, we we got to pick up the tempo here a little bit. I'm having a lot of fun though. This is this is really fun. So, I I am gonna go with a two striker formation at the top, another forward, um, and I'm going with my guy who has a powerful powerful boot, um, the Bozeman Montana native, the guy whose whose guilty pleasure song is Fergalicious, Connor Coles. He hits field goals from fifty plus. Can't tell me he can't nail a thirty yard out shot. Excellent pick. Truly, truly is. All right, we're uh, coming down. We got one more to go for each of us. I need a route out. I need one last defender to, you know, just uh, just anchor the team. And who's better at anchoring the team than Hale Matupaka? Motuapuaka. <laughs> oh, boy. This is live radio. Hale Motuapuaka. He's the anchor of the defense. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the anchor of my defense. Give me Halle. Good pick. Great size there. Awesome. All right. I'm rounding it out. I'm going to ask for um, an exception here. I'll let you determine it. But can I move um, one of my picks from a position to a different position? Um, I need to know before I can. No, you can't. This. I can't? Absolutely not. Oh, man. Okay. What's done is done. I'm sorry, man. That's fair. But, I mean, ah, changes happen. But, all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's going to change my pick a little bit. I'm going to do an honorable mention now, though, because this is the last pick, right? Yeah. Okay. So, honorable mention was Stephen Kotzenly should have been my goalie. Okay. His punts would have been amazing. <laughs> so, like, that that was a joke on my part. My, my apologies. So, uh, that's my honorable mention. I need a defender um, to round up my formation. And I'd like it to be a wing guy. Or actually, nah. Yeah. So, Ajani's going to be one of my wings, and I got... 
Yeah. Okay. Johnny's my wing, and then I got Dan Aiken and and Zarkovich in the center, right? So my other left back is going to be a another linebacker, MJ Tafisi. Very nice. Yeah. Nice pick, MJ Tafisi. That is. He just picks apart offenses. That is a that is a great a great pick to to round it out. So let's just breeze through it really quick. If you're listening, you can give us your feedback on which team would be better, well, or the, if you have a team of your own. Yeah. The text line's always open. We don't plug this very much, but 435-797. Um, well, actually, 435-79-RADIO. That'll be the easiest way to, to type that in. So 435-79-RADIO. My team, my defense, I have Mike Anyanwu, I have Caleb Garnica, A.J. Vombachon, and Halle. And then my midfielder, I got Brian Cobbs, Calvin Tyler Jr., Cooper Lagaw and Sean Berstow, and then my two forwards. I love my forwards personally. I think they're fantastic. RG Edelrock and Max Schulga. And then at goalie, I got Trevin Dorius. And then Jake Ellis, he's got defensive backs. He's got Ajani Carter. He's got Dan Atkin, Bowden Zarkovich, tennis player, MJ Tafisi. Midfield, he's got Ike Larson, Steven Ashworth, Ryland Jones, Terrell Vaughns. Great midfield. Striker position yeah a little underwhelming i personally oh no way forward connor coles and striker taylor funk so those are those are our teams if you think you can make a better one let us know and uh, that's uh, that's our segment uh building a world cup roster with utah state athletes all right we have one more segment we need to talk hoops this week uh stick around we'll have a brief commercial break right here on aggie radio Aggie Sports Radio on KBLU is sponsored in part by Cache Valley Visitors Bureau. Cache Valley Visitors Bureau has all the information about the fall activities in the Valley. More information available at explorelogan.com. The Aggies are locked and loaded to be a major contender in the Mountain Pass. Three ball up and good! First-year coach Ryan Odom and the Aggies look to make their third consecutive NCAA tournament appearance. Layup and a one-hand flush! Aggies all the way. Aggies basketball lives here on the Aggie Sports Network. Aggie Sports Radio on KBLU is sponsored in part by Cash Valley Visitors Bureau. Cash Valley Visitors Bureau has all the information about the fall activities in the Valley. More information available at explorelogan.com. Welcome back to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. This is the Aggie Radio Sports Show. I'm Jacob Nielsen alongside me, the sports manager of the Utah Statesman, Jake Ellis. We've had a great show so far. Yeah, got it. Got a lot of fun things that we've done. Now let's let's take the discussion back to the hardwood now, and let's talk <laughs> a little bit of Utah State basketball. The men's team is four and zero on the season. They got a game coming up Tuesday night against uh, against the. Well, I don't know if this name is FCC compliant. Just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> the Oral Roberts uh, University, University of Oral Roberts. Ah, uh, beats Not me. Sure. But they play Oral Roberts just one last game before we go into Thanksgiving break, and then the Aggies going to get Thanksgiving off because they're going to their tournaments in Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So the team decided, okay, we're going to let our kids go home for Thanksgiving, not yeah, Christmas. You, you typically choose one. Or the yeah, other. yeah, yeah. So that's so that's kind of what's going down. But uh, it, it's another big game because Oral Roberts is another quality team. They kind of fit the same vibe as the first four opponents of good, not great basketball teams. In the hundreds of Ken Palm, could be quality wins if some of those teams go on runs. 
could just be yeah but important games to win yeah for sure well and um it's kind of another one to stretch that this opening part and, and just show that what they're doing on the court is something that they can keep up consistently you know um first three games you're starting to build a sample size but you could argue some you know that's a that's could be some fluky action out there but um you get another solid win against another great mid-major and you're looking really solid yeah and i so oral roberts is 105th in ken palm wow which i believe is the highest besides santa clara so that's just another another really quality opponent coming into the spectrum and they they lost they're three and two on the season. They lost to St. Mary's seventy eight seventy. That was a competitive game that got away from them at the end. Then they have blowout wins over or um, over Texas Southern and John Brown. They got hammered by Houston, the number two team in the country. My pick to win the national championship is the Houston Cougars. They lost eighty three forty five. That's a that's a tough loss. But yeah. you know they got a, a good program. Obviously, it's a team that two years ago went to the Sweet Sixteen. Obviously, the the team is a lot different than the team that that took them there, but. It's a quality mid-major program that knows how to win big games. And so they're going to come in the spectrum, quad one opportunity for Oral Roberts. The Aggies, gotta, they got to bring it. they got to be ready to go again. Yeah, for sure. It's, a, it's one that's going to be challenging again. It is um, also another weeknight game. So it's kind of one that you have to get up for. You have to get ready for. It's not one of those Saturday night, all right, it's time to play some basketball. So, um should be a really good one there in the spectrum. You can hear it right here on Aggie Radio 92.3. Um, any other thoughts? I, I would like want to touch on that San Diego game that went in overtime. Um, there was, you know, there was a lot of things going on there um, that that worked and didn't work. Um, what were your big takeaways besides um, your distaste for the announcers, how I'll, I'll say it? <laughs> hey, so... You know, San Diego, they're 152nd in Ken Palm right now. When you go on the road for the first time of the season, those little WCC gyms, there's some weird some weird juju about those places. It's never easy down there, for one. Two, when you got a dude that goes for 46 points, is that mm-hmm. what it was? 43, I thought. 43 points. They had a guy go for a school record 43 points. Williams, right? Yeah. He was seven of eight from beyond the arc, mm-hmm. and that wasn't the Aggies playing terrible defense and giving up wide open threes. Dude was pulling back. Dude was sliding over. It was just an unbelievable performance. So when you got a dude that goes off for seven three pointers, forty three points, first road test of the year on a Thursday night in San Diego, and you still get away with the victory, when two of your best players, Sean Bearstone and Taylor Funk, didn't have their best games. Yeah, Funk kind of pulled it up. In the second half. Yeah, he, he, he missed his he, first five right. threes. Tough. He was still the, But then he's a 50% shooter from beyond the arc at the end of the game because yeah, he hits his, his next five. So um, it is a, it was it was a test for sure. It was one that they had adversity. They were trailed big at, at times, and, and they fought back and then went down to the wire. Um, man, you always got to foul when you're up three, as, the, as John Rothenstein says. I don't know if you subscribe to that, that school of method, but – um, they really didn't even have a chance to to foul on how quick that inbound shot was. So um, I don't know. You know, take it take it for what it is. But they went to overtime, but they were able to pull out the win, and that's all that matters. And Stephen Ashworth hits a clutch shot. So. I will say, shout out to Stephen Ashworth. We wanted to make a little bit of a deal of, oh man, he hurt his ankle, but he comes back. I think he was fine. Oh yeah, he was fine. That I think that's more of a non-story. But 
Stephen Ashworth, he's got he's got ice in his veins, mm-hmm. and he showed it that deep two point jumper to uh, to get the job done, the game winner. Hey, it's a uh, he's a guy that you want the ball in his hands, and good things are going to happen. And you can say that about a lot of a lot of guys on this team. You can say that about Ryland Jones. You can say that about Taylor Funk. Um, Z Hamona can have his his nights. Sean Bearstow can have his nights, and I'm hoping continues to play at his best level because I think this team, when Sean Bearstow is doing really well, I think the team's doing really well. But I mean, you're four and zero to start the season, fiftieth in Ken Palm, right? So the Aggies have started the season the way that they needed to. None of these, they can't really have a loss to any of these teams like no. that. It, it would be. Not to get like an at-large bid. I mean, sure. I mean, you can have maybe one. In but. theory, you could, but you don't want to, and they're better than all these teams. Yeah. But the fact that they handled the first three games easily, and then they got out of San Diego with the W, great start. Mm-hmm. All right, let's turn it to the other team on the hardwood. It's going to be women's basketball, right? Of course, uh you heard our strong thoughts after that Utah Tech loss. It was bad. It was embarrassing, in fact. But they went to Jonesboro, took on the Red Wolves of Arkansas State, did a much better job, much more respectable, still lost that one, but the final score in that, 63-57. So um, there's there's some improvement there for sure, um, and it seems like Kayla Ard got back to the team and said, hey, we need to regroup. we got to rebuy in. So it seems like... Um, We'll see what they can do against Ball State on this Tuesday. But I like that answer after Utah Tech. You obviously want the win, but um, making it a competitive game against a solid Arkansas State team is, is good. I mean, they still lost. Yeah. They, they lost the game. They're 1-3. and three. They're 0-3 against real opponents that aren't Division two That, that are in the College of Idaho. Idaho. Is that yeah. what you're telling me? <laughs> but give them credit for actually playing defense, which they did not do against Utah Tech. And I, I think that the, the offensive production was a little bit balanced in this game against Arkansas State. Olivia Wickstrom, she's, she gets 16 points. Two other people are in double figures with Maria Carvalho and Tamia Robinson. And then you got Abby Wall and Christina Olivia both with eight points. So it's a they got production from different places on the court, which that is important. And so hopefully... Is it a sign of growth? Even though they lost, they still held their own on the road against a Sun Belt school. Maybe it remains to see. I like to hope that it will be a sign of growth. We'll have to see. They have two games this Thanksgiving week. They host Ball State on the day before Wednesday, I believe at two p.m. And then on Saturday, I believe they travel to Southern California take on USC. So that'll be a really tough one be similar to the Alabama football game probably. So the one that you just got to take some moral victories out of, I guess. <laughs> but you never know. It's hoops. Hoops, uh, a lot more upsets there. So you can hear both of those games right here on Aggie Radio. We got to wrap it up. We're running right up to that edge of the number. But I just want to know really quickly what you're grateful for from USU Athletics for Thanksgiving. Me? Yeah. What are you grateful for? Yeah, I'm grateful that uh... – that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm just you know I'm just paying attention to what's going on. I'm not really grateful for anything. I'm just kind of embracing it. Okay. It's fun that the basketball team's four zero. I yeah. guess I'm grateful for that. Sure. I'll go a little more generic too. Then I'll, it's it's just I'm grateful for all the opportunities I have to cover the Aggies. So 
it's really awesome. Um, and I'm grateful for student media and, and other places. For uh, last thing, that, so. I'm grateful for the food in the press box last <laughs> week. Yeah, dude, that, that was so I, I went back for seconds. I, like, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was good stuff, you know? Yeah. G- get a credential. Get up to the press box. <laughs> it's good good stuff. Good vibes. Good food. Yeah. Good time. I'm gr- grateful for the press box. It's not that hard. Just get a reporting job or um, uh, become a scout for Easy an peasy. NFL team. Easy so peasy. Two options there. We've given you two two great avenues. So thank you so much for listening to the Aggie Radio Sports Show on 92.3 KBLU LP Logan, presented by the Utah Statesman. I'm Jake Ellis, and for Jacob Nielsen, Stick around. Aggie Radio is the exclusive home of Utah State Athletics here in Cache Valley. And have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening. In 1979, Larry H. Miller opened his first dealership in Utah. Though for years he'd worked in other places, he chose to open here because he loved this state. He valued what Utah's people value, integrity, hard work, and the desire to enrich the lives of others. And today, those values continue to drive us forward in business, in our communities, in life. The Larry H. Miller family of dealerships, driven by a love for Utah, driven by you.